Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. Hello. 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 Happy Tuesday for everyone listening. Do I sound any smoother? I mean, a little bit. Do you have a pop filter on? I may. I may. We upgraded in here, folks. Heck yes. I mean, why not? But yes, happy Tuesday, everyone. It's happy Sunday for us, but happy Tuesday for you. I know. We got to get this done quick because Heather Ashley is going to release an episode in like two hours. Oh, we got to go. Got to go. I'm going to I'm feeling a little manic today. I'm just going to say. In a good way or a bad way? Like, in a good way, I just, I've had a a really, like, I've had a really overwhelming week. I was really tired. I messaged you a few times, and I was having, like, crisis moments, and I was like, I can't do it. And then five minutes later, I was like, never mind, I can do it. But I'm just feeling a little. I know, and if anybody knows me, they know that it takes me forever to reply anyway. So I kept going back to my phone. Oh, Olivia had another mental breakdown, but she got over it all on her own. And I would just like laugh at it after because by then she'd be like, ignore it. It's fine. I'm good. Miss you. Yeah. I gave and up like it. four times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a rough week, but we made it to Sunday and I'm happy to be here with everyone. But I'm just a little, a little manic. Yeah, you were definitely like a frustrated toddler a few times this week where you were just like, I can't. <laughs> and you were just going to like throw your iPad. Kind uh-huh. of thing. I can't life. I couldn't like no. this week. We all have those days. Mm-hmm. Happens. day. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Okay, well, obviously everybody knows what it is because they clicked on the episode. I'm assuming you know what we're doing today if you're here. Everyone knows. I'm so yeah. excited for this case because obviously I know you can't get through a criminology degree in Canada without learning about Clifford Olson. However, we've spoken about my memory recall before, and I literally remember... She good. I remember nothing. Like, when I, I was trying to think about it today, I'm like, I didn't do any research at all. But I'm thinking, like, I'm like, talking points, do I have anything? I literally, I have nothing. So, I'm excited for this. Well, it's funny, too, that you say that, because um, talking to my friend Diana... And I was asking her if she had a case suggestion. Um, and she had suggested an American one at first. And I was like, no, no, no. We've done too many American ones. I need a Canadian one. Like, we got to come back to home soil. Yeah. I'm like missing home. Take me back. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, why don't you do Clifford Olson? I'm like, no, everyone's done that. Everyone knows that one. No. And Not then really, though. I don't know why. But later on, I was just like, I'm just going to check out like one podcast episode. And I did it. And I was like. I forgot so much of this that I was, mm-hmm. screw it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I forgot all, and I can't, and, yeah. uh, I, I'm happy that it's your week, because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be great if it was my week, but you told Jody Arias so well, so I, I just, I know it's going to be juicy and good. I'm dancing, nobody can see me, but I'm like, I'm ready to go. Yes, <laughs> and obviously for anyone who knows this case, trigger warning, it's, all about kids it's a lot of sexual violence against children abuse against children just so everyone's aware and if that is not your thing we humbly accept that and you can meet us next tuesday on that topic um if you've been with us for a while you know that my parent my parents come up in conversation on this podcast my mom and my dad um my dad actually suggested a case a few weeks back it was the Wells Gray Park murders case. If you didn't listen to that, go check it out. But he told yeah. me recently that he can't listen to our podcast anymore because we've done too many kid cases. And he said that he wakes up <laughs> in the middle of the night and thinks about it and, like, can't sleep. Oh, we're giving your dad sleepless nights? Yes, He's I was nightmares? like, literally welcome to my life. But also, I was like, oh my gosh. I get it. I respect. Baby I respect that. Dad. So I had a I had a case that involved children planned upcoming, and I'm gonna be switching around the schedule a little bit just to um, mitigate that for other people. Because I'm sure that's not um, uncommon. 
I reworked my schedule a little bit, and I am, especially since Katie's doing this one today, I will, uh, I'll, I'll try and keep it just adult friend only. I was gonna say adult friendly, Sorry, adult Bill. only, for uh, a, a few weeks. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. Oops. Yeah. I didn't get the memo till today. I will take note as of now. <laughs> Oops, sorry. This just skip this one, Dad. It's okay. Meeting. <laughs> also, um, just before we start, it's a little bit chatty uh, this afternoon. That's okay, though. We haven't been as chatty the last few. I just had a story to share. I was wearing the podcast by proxy mask that yeah. I ordered from our merch site Woo-hoo. at the store yesterday. I was trying on some bathing suits, and um, I was standing there at the count. What? I didn't know that piece of it, so that's even funnier. I could just picture you like trying on bathing suits. Yeah, I, now. I was trying on bikinis <laughs> and bathing better, suits because why not? It's getting nice here where we live. It's it's starting to feel like summer, even though it's only May. Um, I had it on at the counter. I was gonna pay, and it was a couple of like younger girls there, and they're like, "Oh, does your what does your mask say?" I see it says like true crime, and I was like, "Oh, podcast by proxy. It's a true crime podcast." And they're like, oh, cool. Like, whose is it? And I'm like, it's mine. They're like, stop being so humble. Like, we're going to check it out. That's so cool. It does. It's really it uncomfortable. It feels weird. It just, yeah. I mean, we're, I don't think either of us are like uber, uber confident people. So then to like really. Yeah, I'm not, not confident. It just, if you know me at all, I'm really uncomfortable with strangers. Like to the point where it's. It's really hard for with people everything. that know me to watch me interact with people that I don't know because they're like, why are you like this? Like, in a work setting, like, in a professional setting, I can definitely turn it on and I'm fine. But, like, in a just social setting out in public with strangers, especially if I'm put on the spot, I don't know how to behave. <laughs> it's, like people think we're mean. I it's just like, don't know what to say. Each other. It's like, no, we just both it's, understand the mm-hmm. awkwardness it does. of each other. Yeah, so it's it really works. uncomfortable. But uh, anyway, so if you're listening, girls from Levy and Rose, hi. Thanks for the cute bathing suits and for <laughs> checking so it out. Sorry if I was awkward. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. She's always like that, guys. All right. I feel like I'm, like, putting it off because I know that it's a, it's going to happen eventually. Oh, I have something. Um, and if anyone's local to us, they may already know this, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Um, a few episodes back, I mentioned that there was some local women that had gone missing and we didn't really follow up on it. And just this week, there's been an update that one of the women from Port Moody, I believe, her name was Trina Hunt, oh. that her remains have been found and foul play is potentially suspected, so there's more to come on that. Um, I just figured I'd give the update, seeing as it was on our Well, and you know I don't watch the news, so I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. This is why we work so well, guys. Like, those two statements right there, I don't watch the news ever and you live on the news, though that's pretty much accurate for everything else, except for, like, our common interests. So working together works really well because... Everything I lack, you thrive in. And vice versa. It's amazing. You're the yin to my yang. You're <laughs> the so other true. half of my avocado. We've never posted those pictures, nor... I even posted something about, like, we both oh, love no. tattoos, and I forgot to mention that we have matching tattoos. So, Katie and I have half of an avocado oh, each yeah. on the back of our ankles, and they wave at each other. Yeah, I have the pit. She's hollow. We do. We make a whole avocado. And they're fucking adorable. So Yeah, we'll they really are super picture. cute. But we should take... I want to try and take a good picture. Anyways, okay. We can do this. We can do this. <laughs> yeah, so let's do this. So the moral of the story that I was getting to earlier was thank you, Diana Dale, for essentially a suggestion. Yes, thank you, Diana. <laughs> Listener suggestions. Woo-wee. Also, Diana has hit us up on Instagram for some updates and stuff, too, that I've used. So thank you for doing that. And if you're not following us on Instagram, please do. At Podcast by Proxy. Send me, like, I love it when people send me true crime updates 
when they send me funny memes. Just let's share. We love it. Like we were saying earlier about um, even like with your dad not liking the Holly Kid episodes, if you have feedback about the way we do our episodes or the order you prefer them in, or if you like that we mix up more American mm-hmm. cases, like we want all this feedback. Um, it, I think we originally launched thinking that we would stick to Canadian and we will until we get feedback otherwise, because that's where we are and that's what our passion is. Um, but yeah, we yeah, want all the feedback absolutely. we can get. As much as we do this because we love it, we do it for the people. So I'll research literally anything <laughs> or switch up anything you want. Yeah. Um, then why wouldn't you research MLMs for me? True crime related. I'll research any case. (laughs) You're just like making up fucking loopholes on the spot. (laughs) You want me to give you a whole episode on the history of MLMs? I will give that to you if you really want it. I mean, I don't, but I'm just saying. I mean, somebody might. They are a pretty hot topic. I mean, people are... Everybody knows somebody from high school that posts about MLMs or is part of one. I think they're really confusing. Everyone worked for Cutco Knives at one point. Or It Works. Or whatever that meme was. I can't tell you how happy I am that the It Works is, like, pretty much over. I don't know. Do people still sell that? I haven't seen it in a long time. Because what's taken over? The hair company. Oh, God. I have to look it up. No. You'll know it as soon as I say it. And so will everybody else listening if this doesn't all get cut out. Pros? Someone listening right now, if we do leave this in for any reason, is just going to be... Oh my god, I know. They know exactly what it is. Being like, you idiots. Monet. Pretty sure it's definitely like MLM style and it's hair products. It might be skin products too. But it definitely does fall under that category. And I've had, like, three people that I went to high school with message me asking um, me if I want to, like, be a boss lady. Like, I'm not one already, also. I'm I'm kind of offended when people are like, you want to be a boss woman? I'm like, excuse me? Excuse me. Do you want to be this? (laughs) Are you assuming that I'm not? I get it. Everyone's just out here doing their hustle. Everyone is out here doing their hustle. I respect it. Just. Clifford Robert Olson Jr., a.k.a. the Beast of British Columbia. The Beast of British Columbia? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's what they called him. I think that. I I think it's kind of cool. I want. It's like a Sasquatch. Kind of is like a Sasquatch. January 1st, 1940. He was born in Vancouver, Canada. You've all heard it before. Two hours away from hmm. us. Short ferry ride. Costs an arm and a leg to go see a concert. He was born to a milkman and his wife. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's literally the milkman's kid? Yeah, someone was <laughs> literally born to the milkman. Okay. Intentionally. I know, I, it took me a minute of laughing. giggling at that, too. <laughs> To write this part. Well, especially because everywhere I looked for his siblings as well, there was like some mention of two, some mention of guaranteed he had one brother and one sister. We're going with that. They all grew up in Richmond, B.C. His brother went on to join the Canadian Army. By all accounts, it was a stable home. Nothing that odd about it. They never mentioned any abuse in the home. Even at a young age, though, for some reason, everyone was saying he was delinquent and just kind of like a bad egg, even though no one could figure out why. Seems like his other siblings went on to be pretty normal by the sounds of it, so to speak, quote unquote. Um, So Mm -hmm. at 13 is when he really started to get Mm -hmm. in trouble. He was skipping school. He was starting to interact with the police off and on. And he even got arrested um, for theft at 13. Like, Yeah, that's pretty young. Him and Jody. Jody was growing weed true. at 13. They could have just hung out. was the 80s, I think Jody would have been like three. <laughs> <laughs> In a different decade. Different life. In a different timeline. So they would have been the yeah. best of friends. I think all these people we talk about would be. Um, right? Like, who wants to go to that dinner party? Ugh. Not I, Captain. as you know, in BC, we have, like, a bazillion gardeners. People love their gardening. They grow fruits, vegetables. Anyway, 
This little shit yeah. used to snatch berries and like other foliage from people's backyards and then like walk around to their front door and sell it to them. And be like, I grew this and I'm just out here trying to make a couple dollars as this like young boy. And they were like, oh, that's really sweet. And they would like buy their own produce off this kid. He was like the ultimate scammer, but like kind of genius Stop. at the same time. <laughs> what? I can't. Yeah. Could you imagine just like running in someone's backyard and picking all their apples and going around the front? Knock, knock, knock. Hi, kind sir. Do you need some apples? Exactly. The audacity. Flabbergasted. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. That's kind of oh, funny. It's super but fucked up. I guess it could yes, be worse. It's funny. I'd rather hear his doing that than like torturing animals. Um, there. I mean, he did. By the sounds of it, there was mention of it. Uh, so I'm just going to leave that there now instead. I'll... So he bullied everybody and everyone around him said he had a super huge ego and it caused him to just like show off constantly. He just like couldn't stop. He was like that kid in class. Ew. By the age of 18, he had 94 arrests. 94 by 18? And they were all over the map. Everything from like robbery to sexual assault. They varied. He's nothing if not consistent. Yeah, I guess so. Olson's first victim was discovered on Christmas Day. Her name was Christine Waller and she was 12 years old. She was from Surrey, British Columbia and was abducted oh. on November 17th, 1980. And when they discovered her, she had been strangled with a belt and stabbed repeatedly. <gasps> a child? Missing in mid-November and she was found on Christmas Day. The strangling is normal. I'm going to say the word normal, which is like super horrible in the context, but normal. Stabbing yeah, is a lot. Yeah, it seems to be uh, quite excessive what he does. Um, and there were some that were just very cut and dry with the descriptions um, of the victims. And then there were some that gave quite a bit. Um, and it's scary too because he didn't really have like a victim profile like it wasn't male or female mm -hmm. yeah like a richard ramirez kind of thing like just unpredictable and there's no rhyme or like reason exactly. or profile yeah. yeah okay yikes big yikes april 16th of 1981 colleen marion dagnall she's 13 years old and when she vanished Five months later, her body was found, and hers, there wasn't too, too many details mm -hmm. about it, um, whereas on April 22nd of 81, literally a week later, right, because we were the 16th, now the 22nd, Yeah. Uh, Darren Todd Johnsrud, he's 16, he was abducted and killed when his body was found. It was less than two weeks away in a ditch. I hate saying people just leave bodies in ditches. It feels like throwing, like, a drink cup right. out of your car while you're driving. Yeah, exa exactly. It's like they just they just threw them away. Upon autopsy, he had a fractured skull due to blunt force trauma, and they linked it to a hammer in the end. So, it's, again, he went from stabbing to a belt to now beating someone with a hammer. So, not only is the victim profile changing and varying, and the ages, like, yeah. And I honestly did not even look up the race of yeah. any of these um, victims. Literally doesn't matter. No, this guy's killing children. They all matter equally. All people matter equally. So yeah. during May of 1981, so right around the same time, he got married. So like just in the middle of all this, he's like planning a wedding and just oh. like living a yeah. normal life. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As so, they like, do. No pressure, yeah. whatever. So... There was a victim in the time of his wedding, like, right around it, within days. Um, but that one never, like, her name is nowhere because there was not enough evidence to actually press charges or follow through or something because they just said there was a complete lack of evidence and witnesses. Uh, on May 19th, 1981, 16-year-old Sandalyn Lynn who was never um, seen after hitchhiking, was found murdered. Don't hitchhike, people. I know no one does it really anymore, but please don't. 13-year-old Ada mm. Anita Court was murdered in June of 1981 while she was walking home in Coquitlam. Yeah. After these first two, and literally as these two are happening, the VPD knew that they had a serious problem, but because of, like we talked about, the range in 
characteristics that these well, victims yeah. possess. It was really hard for them to figure out what was going on, especially because a lot of these kids weren't reported missing for a few days because they may have been at friends and this and that. So the timelines were a bit weird as well. Um, but well, it's hard to link. It's hard to link something when nothing is related. Like, okay, nope. were all of them strangled? No. So you don't even have that. So how do you, how do you, with probable cause, say that they're all linked together when the manner and method and victim type is all different? You like this guy is super that's clever not on the, in a way too. Know? Like he's very aware of his surroundings. Well, we know he used to sell people their own fruit. He was so a fruit smuggler. So, <laughs> right? Like, he, yeah, that's clever for it's, sure. It's almost like he had a sixth sense, though, when this was happening, because he caught on to the fact that the police had him under surveillance. And so while they were surveilling him, he literally just, like, stopped what he was doing. He was just like, I'm just going to go about my day, pretend they're not even there. Oh, I thought you were going to say he like would He fuck knew with they them. were there, and he was just like, I'm just going to get them off my trail. He just stopped. I'm just going to, like, figure this out, deal with it, Mm. whatever. So soon as they stopped tailing him, in July of 1981, in, like, quick succession, there's six more victims. Because he's, like, got to make up for, you know, probably the four days that he was being watched. So he figures out that they're not watching him anymore? When they were watching him and when they weren't. So maybe the surveillance was way too heavy and it was just very blatantly obvious. I don't know. But he did nothing. Yeah, maybe. So they just completely dropped the and then, entire bam, surveillance. Rather than just scaling it back, they just dropped it. They basically they basically yeah. just gave him a cooling Pretty off much. period. Which just makes things more difficult. So cool. Anyway. Which like I'm not blaming the police like vpd for that i'm just saying like when you look back and you're telling the story you're like cool we oh, literally yeah. just hindsight is 20 cooling off period the things we know now uh yeah like yeah. wow so Lord. simon patrick okay. james partington he was nine years old he was abducted raped and strangled on july 2nd 1981 after he had been seen talking to a man in the shopping center in surrey um, Raymond Lawrence King II, he was 15. He was abducted July 23rd, and he was raped and bludgeoned to death. Judy Kozma was 14 years old. Uh, she was from New Westminster. She was raped and strangled. Uh, a week later, her body was discovered on July 25th near Weaver Lake in Agassiz. Um, the super fucked up about this one, he took her address book and he used to call all her friends and threaten them. And when they'd answer, he would just say, you're next. Whoa. Yeah. That's fucked. Super messed up. Yeah. There's two or three Canadian correctional facilities in Agassiz and I've been to two of them. Sigrun Charlotte Elizabeth Arnd. She was an 18 year old German tourist that he abducted raped and bludgeoned then two days later he abducted terry lynn carson who was 15 and raped and strangled her so wow this guy just yeah so i think by this point we're at a body count of 10 in a matter of less than a year because he started at chris yeah yeah mid-november of last year so to speak in storyline yeah yeah, of of eighty. Yeah. So because the victims were both sex wow. and varying age, and we only had really three bodies, but seven other missing children, it was really hard to make the connection with any of them because we also didn't have all their bodies. So okay. we don't even know if they're still in the area or if they're alive and they're runaways. Again, this was the eighties, so that was a likely thought. Although this case was mm. taken very seriously right off the bat, it seems like there was just so much unknown right. that they really couldn't act fast. So, although the police knew that they had to figure this out, they had a hard time linking any of the cases together because of these factors. And then on July 30th, Louise Simone Marie Evelyn Chartrand, who was 17, she was the last victim identified. She reportedly died of being beat to death with a hammer as well and was left in a shallow grave. Yeah, like, all I see in this pattern of it being, like, 10 to 18 year olds yeah they're 9 to 18 like was his age a, range 
just picking on the weakest victims. Like he's they're literally just, just picking out yeah, they're easy just... targets. Yeah, it's all yeah. opportunity kills. They're all easy targets. It has nothing to do with like the child's sexual aspect of it. Like just that's oh, just like what I'm gathering. That's completely it seems like... accurate and I think that's why the police seeing yeah. that same pattern or lack of pattern is so scary because they're like, where the fuck are we going to catch this guy? Like, you're literally picking on children because you're bigger and stronger than them. Like, what a loser. For so many other reasons, but you know what I mean? I always, whenever it's, like, kids because they're weak or, like, weak people because you can, I'm like, you're already a piece of shit. You had to go there, too. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I mean... I'm sure a lot of people know this, but a lot of people don't, is too, like, there is also, like, many varying degrees of, like, a child predator in terms of, like, what age range is. There's so many different classifications of it. So the fact that these victims are, like, prepubescent and postpubescent, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Because these people were the victims who were, you know, 15 and over, say... That's more what yeah. I was trying to say. You just said it a lot more eloquently um, than me. Let's take a look. By this time again, they had decided that they kind of had to look back at Olsen after this happened. Because when they were watching him, nothing happened. Then all of a sudden this happens in, like I said, rapid succession. So they immediately go back to him as their prime suspect because they're looking at all sexual predators in the area. And he's looking better and better. Um, so shortly after this, while they're detailing him, he actually tries to pick up two girls in his van. They finally get him because they literally catch him in the act trying to take two victims. So oh. he's trying to abduct. Not only is he increasing like what his risk is by picking up two. Yeah, he's trying to take two at a time. detailing the sexual predators in the area. Ballsy. And he was their main like target. It sounds like someone was on him the whole time again. So... They carried yeah. out a search. Trying to take yeah. two. Getting this, real ballsy. Uh, amazing timing, though, to catch him, though, if he's starting to increase what he can do. Or what he's trying to do. Yes. Ugh, gross. Anyway, they yeah. carried out a search on his vehicle, and they did find the notebook or address book that contained all of Judy's contacts and friends. So they were able to link him back to one of the victims. So immediately, he's in custody. Did he admit to it right away? No, we'll get there. Um, but no. they were okay. just kind of saying, like, I'm jumping ahead he's again. 40 years old at this point. There's no way he's just starting to do this. Right. Maybe it was more infrequent or he did it out of time. Uh, yeah. Like, he was, I don't know, he was doing this a lot longer or at least assaulting people, I'm sure. Well, I would say, I, I mean, Commonly, I think we see it begin, like, mid-20s more. And at late teens. I would say, like, 25, 26, or even, I mean, that's really early, but, like, I would, yeah, I wouldn't imagine that a 40-year-old just starts doing this randomly. No. Unless something happened, but it doesn't sound like there was any, like, snap No, it sounds like, for all intents and purposes, this guy had a pretty normal life. He's just a piece of shit. That's really all yeah. I'm getting from it, but I mean it, it happens. We see yeah. it every day. Totes. So he manages yeah. to actually work out a deal because he does say, you know, I do know where these bodies are. The I can ones give they hadn't you that found information. Yet? Yeah. But he says, I want okay. he makes a deal Piece with the judge shit. and says, I want ten thousand dollars per body I provide the location to and I want the money given to my wife. You're kidding no. me. Did they give that to him? What do you think they said that their response was? Hello there. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jamie. And, and we, we are, are Bloodbath. Blood we have been best friends since 2008 when Ashley fell on our ass skateboarding and I laughed at her from my yard. Yeah, yeah, joke's on you, because next thing you knew, I was walking through your front door, dancing to Another One Bites the Dust without even knocking. Now here we are with a true crime podcast. We often use humor to, you know, cope with the atrocities that we cover. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) 
but it's never at the expense of the victims. We cover the cases that may just involve your neighbor next door right this second. And all the way up to the fuckers we all know way too well, like Ted, Richard, Mr. Kemper, you know, those assholes. When we're not doing something true crime related. Which, when are we not? (laughs) I'm flying planes. And I'm watching or listening to something true crime while doing my makeup and body painting. We put out new episodes every Friday. Catch us at Bloodbath Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Catch Catch you soon, soon, bloodbathers. But wait, there's more. Bye, 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 bye. They give him the money. Okay. So they go, okay, sure, we'll do it. And they, he promptly tells them where he, they can find 10 bodies. Now, he, he, they already had three of them, but he was able to give those locations again, I'm assuming. So Why would you pay him $10,000 for bodies you already have? I don't know. Oh, she's getting heated. Okay. I'm just assuming that's the case because of my insides what he gets are burning. With based on yeah, I know. Like I I'm, was I'm getting being hot. Like my palms are sweaty. Okay. Oh, you should. These weak arms are heavy. How do you think the victims' families yeah. felt knowing that this guy was like profiting off these crimes? Now it would be infuriating. He. This is where it gets a little bonkers that he could have had so many more victims though. So, at $100,000, so the 10 bodies, they cut him off. (laughs) Thank God. He had a 100k cap. Oh, my God. Oh, but get this. As one last-ditch effort, he throws out there, if you give me another 100 grand, I'll give you 20 more bodies. And they declined that. Thank God. I was thinking, oh, okay. They did end up doing that. But in the end, all said and done, his wife ended up getting paid out $110,000. So they paid him $111,000 to his wife. That's, I have feelings. I don't even know how to express them. I feel like everybody listening is like, it's fine. You don't have to. We get it. We have those I think we too. all feel the same way. So I think like after this, we can all yeah. just go like scream into a pillow. I'm going to do that. I actually just got can, a brand new like, pillow. So that's a perfect use for it. Yes. Wonderful. All wonderful. at the same time. I'm really Comment down below on our Instagram page right now if you are screaming in a pillow too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We can do it together, people. <laughs> so they decline his offer. They say, heck no, we won't go. Fucking loser. We're not paying you any more money. So for the kills we know of, he just gets like... It's just a slap in the face to the victims' families, to be honest. They deserve to know where their loved ones were, but they did not deserve for him to profit off of this. They were completely outraged that he had any monetary reward provided on government money. Bonkers. Yeah, it's disgusting. I'm, it's, yeah. yeah. So initially, it's about all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Olson originally went to trial for Judy Cosma's murder first because they had the address book. At first was like, well, he said he's not guilty. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. I was like. We just paid you $111,000 and found bodies. And you're just not guilty. We found them. They were in the spots that you said they were in. Also, just. Just for like a not, it's not even a palate cleanser, but just like because I'm sure everyone else's brains are exploding right now, just like my brains are exploding. I I honestly forgot this case was so in wild bonkers bananas. He looks like a weasel. Like go oh. to our Instagram, look at our post. He is a weasel. Okay, we can continue. Thank you. I'm gonna get back onto my notes because I just like totally went off there because I think we both just got like heated and angry. So Good. I need to like. We'll bring it back. I told you I'm a little manic today. I wasn't lying. That's okay. This is, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot anyway. And this was like really frustrating to write too. just like listening to it. I was so angry. Yep. So anyway, like I said, the trial starts January 11th of 82 when Olson is 42 years old, married, has a son, and by all accounts is a stocky guy with wavy brown hair, brown eyes, and he's not all that tall. So, by all accounts, he's a weasel. Weasel man. 
By all accounts, he is a true weasel. Okay. Um, and just before trial started, they were actually able to obtain a witness that was able to corroborate that Olsen and Judy were actually together that night. Like someone saw them. So now we have okay. physical evidence and yeah. an eyewitness. So we're doing good. We're getting there. Although they have mm-hmm. him in court, um, it doesn't mean he immediately had all 10 charges, like we said, at Judy's trial. It was taking place and... The bodies were almost kind of like turning up as her trial was starting. That too is why they couldn't bring the charges up until they were physically in court is because they hadn't, they were like in the process of recovering the bodies because this was all happening so fast. So that's part of the reason why too. So they finally have him in court. He gets all these 10 charges brought in front of him. He pleads not guilty in this like super flat, just like, not guilty voice so annoying yeah the globe and mayo reported on it and they put heavy emphasis on the voice so we're going to title this episode the audacity i can't i can't yeah i can't can't. so it's a total slap in the face to all the victims families because they were in attendance thinking that he was just going to plead guilty having just given all that information which Duh. Literally. We all yeah. did. So yeah, it was just devastating to all of them. It created all this drama in the courtroom. Um, and like the whole time that, that this was happening, he was just like snickering in his chair. And he was just being a complete like twat waffle to these families. It was horrible. So the jury for this case was told that they were going to be away for a long time. And potentially due to this um, circumstances, the sequestering would be for quite a while and very strict given the case yeah so january well that's good to hear at least they got the warning january 14th of 82 he suddenly changed his plea to guilty like it's like he just wants to do it for the drama a literal idiot oh again twat waffle he's so he started court that day like super strong and confident and by the end of the day apparently he was just like broken down and like he was admitting he was guilty to everything and he was just like super defeated. So, Aww. yeah, poor guy. Did you have a bad day, bad. Clifford? Are really mean to we him. don't give a fuck. Oh, honey. Um, in court, they actually didn't know yet that Sandra Wolfsteiner was his victim, but it was revealed in court as well. I think he revealed it. <laughs> so. In total, Olsen had a murder count of three boys, eight girls. They varied between 9 and 18 years old. And he actually stayed within a 90-kilometer radius to perform all these acts, um, and including the initial abductions. They were all very close together and very fast. And again, trigger yeah. warning, listing these off. Everyone that we listed above was either raped, sodomized, bludgeoned, stabbed, or strangled. Because, again, his method was kind of like his victimology. It just varied. It was all over the place. The toxicology did show that um, all of the victims had been drugged. Wow. So he he must have been, like, luring them, building trust of some form if he was able to get them to ingest something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he was getting teenagers to go and, like, have a drink with him and it was cool and he was drugging Mm -hmm. them or if it was... Something like that. But yeah, definitely, like they did say with um, that eight, nine-year-old little boy, he was seen just like talking to someone at the mall. So it was probably just someone being like, hey, how's it going? Do you want to come here help me? Like, I think I think I remember something, too, about he would lure them in and promise them like jobs and stuff. So I think he was like like building relationships and like a trusting yeah. relationship with them and like yeah. pro- with the teenagers like promising them money goods job whatever it's ugh, so disgusting i do know a few things about this case but i never like wrote about this case or anything like this isn't one that i chose to do a research paper on or anything that i remember in school so like i know i don't know a ton about it i just know like you've taught me a lot and it's been disgusting and wild well, there's more there's, so continue. There's well, I know we're not done. I know. When he gets to prison, he disturbs some shit there, too. So. I was going to say, it gets worse, though, guys. We've reached that point in today's episode where it's going to get worse somehow. Gets, I don't know how, yeah, but I it wish is. there was a way, like, to make audacity work in that sentence. Like, it gets more audacious. Is that the word? 
sure go with it we're going with it i have no anyway, idea but we're so gonna, again yeah. all these murders took place within a nine month span between november of 1980 and july of 81 during this time he was actually on mandatory supervision um as he pled guilty to the murders he actually got 25 years obviously um but the judge did suggest that he should yeah. never um, be granted parole ever so right at sentencing they suggested that nice. he should never and be at should never and would ever be out on the streets again um and for anyone who doesn't know mandatory supervision is the final period of a criminal sentence usually the last third when an inmate is released from prison to serve the remainder of the sentence under supervision um so my mom used to kind of do that being a probation officer so yeah well do you want to say something Mm -hmm. no i can hold it it's not a p till the end (laughs) (laughs) I can parking lot it until the end. Okay. So while this shitbag is in prison, because we're in Canada, we want to rehabilitate everyone, which some people, guys, they're just not rehabilitatable. I agree with that statement. It's not very many, but there are a select few, and I think we need to just be upfront with ourselves and be honest. While he's there. Um, I agree with that sentence. Yeah, I think a lot of people would, so I don't really feel bad throwing it out there. So, while he's in prison, he Mm -hmm. decides to dabble in becoming a guard informant, as well as convincing other fellow inmates to talk to him, tell him things. He would also bribe them for information and then give it back to the guards. He even went as far as getting... Oh, no. Get this. So, he... So, like, you're already the worst and now you're a snitch, too? So, he was trying to, like... He convinced this guy that he was kind of trying to, like, help him out... But what he gets him to do, because this guy had brutally attacked a nine-year-old girl, he got this guy to write out the attack in detail, but he fucking turned around and was like, here you go, warden. This is that guy's confession. And it was, and so he made sure the guy got held on his charges, which, I mean, I like that this guy is held on the charges. Super skeezy way to do it. And, like, you're not the person to be doing that. Right? The audacity. I'm t- we're titling this The Audacity. Why would you want to fuck someone over the- and get them, like, for sure in prison with you? Like, that's like bad blood before there could be bad blood. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, so I mean, yeah, of course, it's, like, great that that information came out and that the guy was held on Agreed. it and whatever. I'm not, like, I'm not saying that I, like, wish that he got off, but what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fucked up. Um, but along with like becoming an informant and a big old snitch bag, he decided to also become a rapist. He wouldn't. It sounds oh like he God. never did this to straight men. He specifically sought out homosexual men and convinced them into these safe consensual agreements by the sounds of it and then raped them or would just rape them. And so that to me... Again, we're going to, and I'm not saying that the mentality of this is correct, but that to me goes back to what we were talking about earlier with his victim profile just being like people that he deemed to be weaker than him. Like that is what that looks like to me. Because it's an insecurity. let's see, it's the 80s. Homosexuality is still very, very much frowned upon or like looked down on at that time. And it's not at all, um, there's no awareness like we have now or like huge platforms for people to be speaking out on this. And so he's totally just picking on a group of people that he deems to be like weaker or less than Well, and than if him. these are... That's his victim profile. If these are like secret encounters, then they're not going to get talked about. Like they're not going to come forward and say, oh, he raped me because we snuck off over in the shower there to try to bang because we thought it was fine. Like they're not going to come forward about well, that. Like it's not going to get out. So he's going to get from away with a, it over and over. Yeah, from a yeah, from a prison uh in from an inmate mentality standpoint, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not going to like out yourself for that. That's just going to cause you more problems more than likely. But this guy. Yeah. That's crazy. He uh boasted as well that he was the New Year's baby of 1940. And you're like, no, you weren't. Oh, Kenneth. You were not. He also said that his father was like a decorated World War II soldier, which he wasn't. He was a milkman. 
So this guy was just... You are literally the milkman's son. You can't... Don't take that one away from right, yourself. Right, like the joke's right itself. Wouldn't that be a funny parent to have? God. Yeah, it's amazing. I was going to say, like, if your dad's a milkman, I'm not shitting on you. I think it's yeah. freaking awesome. That is... The, the joke exactly. literally writes itself, but, like, no, you don't get no, to lie about that. So fast forward to 2006... Olson is eligible for parole. Yes, he gets parole eligibility in Canada because that's what we do. But mm. we have nothing to worry about. This guy is never getting out. Um, he will not be walking the streets again. I mean, spoiler alert, he's dead now anyway because his shitbag doesn't deserve to get much more credit. But we're going to keep going anyway. So that was 2006 that he came mm-hmm. up for his first parole? Because I do know um, that he, his case was part of the faint hope clause mm-hmm. getting yeah. repealed. You can you can explain what that yeah. is. I actually didn't go on to it in this. Um I can I can say sure. it later if we're not done oh, no, here. We're not done. Yeah. It's just a section of the criminal code of Canada that got repealed, but it was in large part um because of this case and he was actually the last multiple murderer who got to use that clause before uh, our government got rid of it. So I, I'll explain that at the end. So that gives you a reason to stay. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, anyway. Shaw. Parole after 25 years to me at this point is just like the equivalent to like your parents telling you, we'll think about it when you're a kid. Like, you know, it is like <laughs> it's Canada being like, we'll talk about it in 25 years. We'll think about it. Absolutely. You're not fucking staying at your friends. It's this goddamn school night. What are you thinking? Yeah. So absolutely. 50-50, yeah. Hilarious. In their minds, they're going to let you do it or not. But they're like, we don't really want to give you an answer yet. So we'll just, let's check in in 25 years. <laughs> Checking <laughs> in. Still um, no. Give us another 25. Reports believe that police had no idea that there was a serial killer on the loose until Olson had made the deal for $10,000 a body. And that news leaked. And then that's when they got word that so many children's bodies were being discovered and so many children were missing. It's when all the dots got connected to the public and they were outraged. To yeah, the public. They were outraged. So a local mm-hmm. reporter actually built that some would call a working friendship with Olson, I guess. He would like talk to him on the phone, write him letters. He would even visit him at the Kingston Penitentiary and he reported to support pretty much most of the claims that he made, even that he could identify the Green River Killer. <laughs> But yet never did. (laughs) So shortly after this, uh, Olsen was transferred. This guy's like, I know the Zodiac killer. He's my best friend. What, you guys have a group chat for serial killers? Pen pals. They're pen pals, Katie. So Olsen's then transferred to Albert Penn in Saskatchewan, where he finds ways to sneak phone calls so he can still talk to his journalist friend, even though technically he has no phone privileges at this place. Um, Oh, my gosh. His journalist friend? So now he's like, well, now I got to make sure I stay relevant. The letter writers. So he is moved to the special holding unit at St. Anne de Plaine in Quebec. During these conversations um, with the journalist again, this is where he would disclose that he was going to escape. And he told this man that he was going to come and mm-hmm. stay with him. And the reporter even said, like, I would be in greater danger than you would be kind of thing. It seems like he found that amusing that the journalist said that. Like, it just, he kind of just, like, laughed it off. It was so oh. weird. So, over time, Olsen seemed to be able to display the difference from right from wrong, which is also really strange. It just turned out that he didn't care. When it really came down to it after researching him, he knew that what he did wasn't right. It was a horrible thing to do. He just didn't give a shit. Didn't he score, like, ridiculously high yes. on the psychopath test or, like, the psychopathy test? I remember something like he has a ridiculous yeah, I high score. Have his score written down to mention it at the end because I found it after, but it's an atrocious mm. number. Okay. And yes, he is just, he's like 38 out of 40, to be honest. I think that's what it might be. I think you're um, right. I'm, I have oh, Google just look open. It up then. Yeah, okay. 38 out of 40 on the psychopathy and test. You were totally right. Like, just out of curiosity, can you look up like what that's Ed high. Kemper was? I know this guy definitely has hmm. like some Ed Kemper vibes to me though, because like this next part, we can just keep going. We'll figure it out after. Or we yeah, can just maybe going. do those for slides for the show, like do those as a comparisons, what other people scored or something. Yeah. So, 
over time, Olsen seemed to be able to display a ton of different um, characteristics as well. Guards and other people that knew him went on to describe him as funny, cunning, and even intelligent. That's what, and that's kind of what mm. made me feel like Ed Kemperish, because, like, you kind of yeah. like Ed Kemper when you watch him just talking, and then you're like, no, 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 wait, you're garbage. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, no, I get that. They're very charming, and they can be very persuasive, charming. Seem even. kind of intrigued. You want to chat more, but then you're like, wait, no. It's just like you'd no, no, be no. mind hunted. Like that's exactly what it is. John Douglas is just like, I can't stop yeah. talking to you. I need to know. Anyway. For all intents and purposes, people in prison think he's kind of a swell guy. Um, He even goes as far as acknowledging right from wrong. He even says, like, thank God I live in Canada because I feel like I deserve the death penalty. Like, he acknowledges that what Mm -hmm. he did is bad enough that if he was given the chance to re-offend as well, he even said he would do it. He's like, don't let me out. Yeah. Like, I'll do it again. We're not. We're not going to. Why'd don't you worry. Even try for parole. And you said he's in. You said he's in Quebec. The special holdings yeah. unit at Saint. And is that where he was for his whole sentence? Yeah. So he ends up dying there, um, at this prison. In the end. Yeah. Oh, goody. Whatever. Yeah. Bye. Whatever. Did he die of cancer? He did. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Which I is sucks because like he was in his forties, so he only really served like just over the twenty-five years. It sucks. I hope it was really painful. I hope so, too. I hope it was a really painful, horrible death. Just, you know what? I'm not going to ask for any bad karma, but... I don't think that's bad karma. He killed that's 11 true. kids. But I just mean, like, his own karma is going to get him. I don't need to wish it on him. Oh, yeah. It's I already did. I support you in it, still. I hope he's being haunted in his death. So... <laughs> I hope ghosts are... I hope that you're having a really, really <laughs> bad time in ghost in world. Ghost I hope world. they all hate you. So, <laughs> when he was discussing these crimes, he... <laughs> now, this kind of next little bit is pretty bad. He discusses that oh. he did try to pick up kids that were from troubled homes, if he could, so they may be less likely to be reported, yeah. particularly ones that could be assumed as runaways, as well as... Uh, he would kill them, like we said. And would be more vulnerable to say yes and go with them. I think it's easier for someone from a troubled home who's maybe lacking certain luxuries. If someone's able to present you with those, you think, why not, in a way? Well, and, and let's say, like, so in my house, it was drilled into me every day, all the time, that you don't talk to strangers mm-hmm. and go with them. Me too. But if you're potentially in... A situation where you're not having those kind of conversations, then you're going to be mm-hmm. way more likely to go with a stranger if they're offering you things that you think. And if they're offering you a job and you are in a troubled home or you're from a like a lower socioeconomic background and you're like, wow, that would be awesome. I could have money and do all the things that these other yeah. kids do. Like, absolutely. True. I agree. 100%. So, again, like I was saying, trigger warning for anyone. This one's kind of gross. He did explain that Mm -hmm. during one of these attacks, he just out of curiosity would sometimes kind of fuck around with people a bit just to see what like the body does as well. So he went as far as saying sometimes he would hammer nails into people's heads or screw them into them. Um, And it was a Phillips head screwdriver for anyone wondering. Yeah. What? So For fun? Yeah, he just, it was pure curiosity. That's what he did for fun. He would drug them I and then, can't. Yeah, okay. that's what he would do. So one victims of Olsen's had previously been sodomized and Olsen, Olsen was livid. And he scolded him for not telling the police that someone had sexually assaulted him. Yeah. He literally was like, wait, someone's done this to you before? And you didn't tell the police? And he like got pissed at this victim and then ended up killing him anyway. That's a weird moral compass. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. That makes no sense, Clifford. So, You're while he's loser. in prison, he actually does fess up to saying, like, yeah, I did some killings in the 60s, too. Which could be true, but there was no search for the victims, because there was really nothing that he gave them to go on. It was just a statement he made. Um, and everyone involved in Olsen's arrest had already been, like, he had already had all those charges, so everyone they found and mm-hmm. i think too like he was kind of out of sight out of mind so it's almost like they didn't want to put more government money into him because i mean they've spent he enough. probably also was gonna ask yeah. for more money totally 
Yeah. Can I have 10000 per body? Like, no, you can't. Um, and yeah, at this point, he's almost dead. He's decided that he is going to be a Catholic because he says they are the most forgiving. Oh. And he thinks that that seems like the best choice for him. So he's literally thinking like, well, they'll probably let me off the easiest. So I'm going to be Catholic. Did you read about how... This is another thing that I told you. See, sometimes my memory recall, if it's jogged a little, if you hit me in the head and it, not enough times. But not too many back times. to life. Too many concussions will make you a serial killer. Not, yeah, not too many. Uh, it's just a horrible piece of shit. Yeah, I thought I remembered something like he wrote a letter to one of the victim's families and it ended up actually getting to them and it like detailed everything they did to their kid. Oh my God. I'd have to find a source for it, but I'm like almost positive that that happened. There's like a bunch of stuff that goes on between him and one of these reporters. And he gives, it's like reading his dating profile, everything about his favorite sports, movies, mm. hobbies, this, that, the fact that he's Roman Catholic, where he was born, what time. And it's like, he just really doesn't deserve yeah. that much. And it's interesting because his turnoffs <laughs> are being hurt by people you love, lies, deceitfulness, swearing obnoxious people, drugs, procrastination, people who are proud, selfish, and rude, injustice, and glitches. Uh, hello, Pot. This is Kettle. What? I have so many questions, but I just don't think I'm even going to ask them. Like, what? First of all, you have turnoffs? You have their characteristic traits about others that you don't Deserve like? to okay. have an opinion. Sure. You are vile, but okay. Yeah, you don't. That's kind of where I'm getting at. Like, you don't, you don't, what? Why did they feel the need to, well, I mean, like, who, screw like, you for being you proud. This information like, why were you just, like, glamorizing him more and humanizing him more? Because it's like, I get that he's a human being. I'm not discrediting that. But I do think, well, well, true. That is very, very Human true. beings okay. don't behave like that. You're a fucking animal. I'm sorry. But at this point, you're not a human being. Uh, true. You have had those revoked. I want, I was going to say you've had those privileges, but like, is being a human a privilege? I don't know. Let's wrap up I'm this pretty piece over of it. shit. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on record, like I said, he was called the Beast of BC. He was also called Canada's first true boogeyman, which I think is just like terrifying. He was also called the Rent-A-Car Killer mm -hmm. in a couple places, which I don't really know why. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, I read that he had his van, so Weird. I didn't really read much that he rented okay. cars to abduct these kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after terrorizing uh, the Lower Mainland for many, many years... He ended up dying in prison in Quebec, like we said, um, at 71 on a Friday afternoon. One of his victim's family's members, um, Ray King Jr., so you'll remember there was Ray King II, he went on record saying it's over, that's all I can say about it. Mm -hmm. That now it's time to get on with the business of living. For 30 years I haven't really had a chance to heal some wounds because of him, now it's onwards and upwards. Seems like now, finally, all these families can yeah. just move on because the fact that he was still alive i was gonna say i don't think that that felt like justice to them especially since he got 10k per body and he's writing letters and well, he's talking to journalists and i think i read something somewhere that he was like trying to write a book like you know just because he's behind bars mean it feels like he's actually getting justice like, there was some of the victims were calling it like a cash for corpses deal Oh, I hate that term. But yeah, I can see how, like, cash for bodies. I can see how they would see it that way. And, like, you're also telling these victims' families that their mm -hmm. child's body, like, has a price on it. Like, you're saying that you can, like, put a pr And I understand the side of, like, you want to find the bodies. You ha still have some missing. But why did you give him money for bodies you already found? Why did he get money for that? Just so he would admit to it? I think what they did, though, is, like, they brought him in on the abduction of those two girls. And then they said, we've now found um, Judy Cosmas' oh. notebook in your van. 
And so now we can connect you to making the phone calls and we can connect you to her. And then he was the one that was kind of like, I'll make you a deal. So he was the one that brought that up. So he, so they couldn't say they had any other bodies, right, like, I think, because that would let out too much too. So I think there was a certain level of, he had to just give up all the information. So it was mm, his deal. Yeah. Pay me and I'll admit it and tell you where they are. Okay. Well, I'm still annoyed about it, but. But that makes that makes more sense as to why he yeah. paid he was paid for those other um, victims. I just that didn't make sense to me, but I guess it makes yep. more sense. Okay, well, do you want he's my fun dead. fact? Are we done? October second, twenty eleven. Okay. He's gone. Well, we can. Yeah, <laughs> he's gone. Um, okay, so well, I just kind of remembered this while you were telling me, and whenever I you know get a legal fun fact, I gotta share it. That was a legal fun fact, by the way, not an elite, not a legal, a legal. Anyway, I think the people got it. Okay. No, I'm going to tell you about the faint hope clause. So this, this case, uh, Clifford's case, Clifford Olson was the last multiple murderer in Canada to be eligible to apply for what's commonly known or like popular known as the faint hope clause so this was section 745 of the criminal code and it was a provision that allowed um prisoners who were sentenced to life with a parole eligibility greater than 15 years they could apply for early parole once they had served 15 years why i don't know it was uh, this, off the top of my head, this uh, law was created in 76. I don't know why I know that, but I do. Weird things like that sometimes just stick. Yeah. So in August of 1997, after he served 15 years, he applied for this and appeared in a Surrey courtroom asking for early parole. Um, again, the audacity. You can't even serve your full yeah, 25 you? years before you, you just have to find every loophole. Victim impact statements were heard for four days, and obviously, like you said, when they put him in, they said, like, we have no intention of ever letting you out, but, so, like, the likelihood of this going through was slim, but, it, like, either way, we've talked about it before, it's still a huge, huge open wound for the victims and their families, they now have to draw up these speeches, they have to say them, they have to relive it. Um, but anyways, it That's literally took the jury 15 minutes to reject I would have just, request. like, looked at the They're docket like, for the day sorry. and been like... <laughs> no. Lie. They probably just sat there. I imagine them sitting in a room and sitting down and being like, no, and then just, like, drinking some juice boxes and having snacks. Or just one person being like, we're all saying no, right? Okay, we're good then. And then, like, we better sit here for, like, 15 so it doesn't look weird. <laughs> like. Okay, so I just quickly did a little bit of Googling because I knew it was 1976 for a reason. So this clause dates back to 1976 because that's the year that the death penalty was abolished in Canada. So they abolished the death penalty and then added a parole hearing for inmates that had served at least 15 years. <laughs> it's such an extreme... It was basically like an incentive for if they serve really good behavior. It makes no sense. Um, so after Clifford Olson was sentenced, the like families, the victims' families, and a lot of um, like activist groups started like asking for this to be either abolished or like exclude serial killers. Like, why are multiple murderers allowed to apply for this? Yeah, it was finally repealed though in two thousand and eleven. Um, I remembered what you were talking about, about him offering them jobs. I remember what it was. He wasn't offering them jobs. Um, when he mm. was, like, out, he pretended that he had, like, found God and had been going to a church for a while. And he had posted a window washing ad at the church. Oh, I see. Okay. That makes sense. The two women that he tried to abduct were actually on Vancouver Island. Wow. So. Get the fuck off my island, sir. Yeah, he was, like, just in Port Alberni, like, trying to abduct two girls. Thank God he was being detailed, though, because uh, how else would they have gotten him? Yeah. But yeah, that was it. There's obviously more you can find about him, um, but I also was not willing to give this guy two episodes. Yep, yep. think that you covered it pretty in-depth. Um, 
any more than that. Yeah, we're not giving him two episodes and we'll link all of Katie's research in the show notes if you do want to do more research, read about it more yourself, find anything out. Um, happens with every episode. There's only so much that you can include in like an hour uh, without it being <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> well, I am kind of glad my memory recall kicked in and yeah. I remembered a few things. Not so bad, not so bad for a Sunday where my brain's shot. Yes, and like Olivia said, and I don't think we ever mentioned this, if you ever want any of our sources, they are always in the show notes for the episode. Like we said, if you want a deep dive. Yeah, we're messy. We just put them in the show notes. We don't have like a website where you can find them. We're just, we're messy gals. But um, follow us at... On Instagram at Podcast by Proxy, we would really appreciate it if you left a rating and or a review if you are on Apple Podcasts or you can do so as well on Podbean. That's our listening platform, which is all linked in our link tree. It really helps us. That's all. It does really, really, really help with like algorithms. And I know now too with Spotify, um, the more people that subscribe to us on Spotify. So like if you listen on Spotify, just hitting that follow button really, really helps us um, get our episodes pushed out to other people that may listen to something similar. I know Spotify has been making an effort to, or like they changed their algorithm. So if you have like enough follows on their platform, um, somebody who's listening to something similar, they'll push out, like they're making an effort to push out small creator episodes and say like, you might really like this. And so following us on Spotify will really help us out too. Um, but yeah. The things you can do, like Olivia said, is really just follow us um, and rate and review us. Those are the three big ones that will help us mm-hmm. gain some more traction and get some more notice for sure. Yeah. But I mean, you guys have done amazing so far. I feel like this is already more than we can ask for. <laughs> way, yeah, way more than we ever, ever, ever expected when we sat down in our rooms to record yeah, in December. So it's just like a passion project. Thank you. It's just turning into something that we never thought we could enjoy so much. But it's still a passion project. It will always be. We just love it. <laughs> I'll call you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck me.